Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Pfizer podcast. In this episode, I talk with the president of Sambo Federation in Australia, Saveli Timofeev. Many Russian kids started training in Sambo as early as 8 years old. His parents moved to Kazakhstan, where he intensively trains Muay Thai, but a brutal street fight injury puts an early end to his competitive career. During the turbulent times after the war in Chechnya, he moves in St. Petersburg, Russia to study civil engineering in the military academy, where he finds himself in a situation to deal with the university gang and grow up, grows up to some wrestling educator in the university. By the influence of his brother, he started practicing the rare combat system by the name Rio Aikido, developed by the Serbian martial artist Lubomir Vracarevic, who becomes his mentor. In order to fulfill the dream of his teacher to have schools at every continent, he moves to Australia, where he opens his school and his students compete in various grappling tournaments. Later, he establishes contact with the world governing body of Sambo Fierce. Today, he's balancing his responsibilities as father in his big family with development of Sambo Sport in Australia as head of Australian Sambo Federation. To follow the development of Sambo in Australia, to train or to book a seminar, go to Facebook sambo.org.au or sambo qld sambo queensland instagram sambo australia sambo-federation-sa sambo-nsw for new south wales and also in telegram and sambo qld for sambo queensland this was a very good story and i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did Why do we fight? To protect home and family. To preserve balance and bring harmony. For our kind, the true question is, what is worth fighting for? The Fight Is All podcast. Before we go ahead with the interview with Sava, I want to tell a brief history of Sambo, which, exciting as it is, will give better understanding of the origins of Sambo. Sambo is a Soviet martial art, an internationally practiced combat sport and a recognized style of amateur wrestling included by United World Wrestling in the World Wrestling Championships along with Greco-Roman wrestling and freestyle wrestling. Its exciting history originated in Russia during the time of the Soviet Union. The word Sambo is an acronym of Russian Samozaštita Besorujia, which literally translates as self-defense without weapons. Sambo is relatively modern since its development began in the early 1920s by the Soviet NKVD, uh, which is the Soviet Secret Service, and Red Army to improve hand-to-hand combat abilities of the soldiers and officers. It was intended to be a merger of the most effective techniques of other martial arts. The pioneers of Sambo were Viktor Spiridonov and Vasil Oshchepkov. Spiridonov and Oshchepkov independently developed two different styles, which eventually cross-pollinated and became what is known as Sambo. Oshchepkov told judo to elite Red Army forces at the Central Red Army House. Oshchepkov spent several years living in Japan and training judo under its founder, Jigoro Khan. Vasily Oshchepkov was one of the first foreigners to learn judo in Japan and had earned his Nidan, second-degree black belt, out of other five at his time, from Judo's founder, Jigoro Kano himself. Oshchepkov died in prison as a result of the Great Purge after being accused of being a Japanese spy. Oshchepkov's system, called freestyle wrestling in Russia, 
is known in the West as catch a sketch can wrestling or simply catch wrestling. Spiridonov is my favorite character in, in history of Samba. Uh, his background involves indigenous martial arts from various Soviet regions as well as an interest in Japanese Jiu-Jitsu though he probably never formally trained. In 1918, Lenin created Sevo Butch, which means generally military training, under the leadership of a guy named Podvoisky to train the, the Red Army. The task of developing and organizing Red Army military hand-to-hand -hand combat training fell to a guy named Voroshyov, who in his own turn created the NKVD Secret Forces Physical Training Center named Dynamo Sports Society. Spiridonov was a combat veteran from uh, World War I and one of the first wrestling and self-defense instructor hired for Dynamo. His background included freestyle wrestling, also known as catch wrestling, Greco-Roman wrestling, many uh, Turk folk wrestling styles and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu. As a combative instructor for Dynamo, he traveled to Mongolia and China to observe their native fighting styles. Spiridonov's style was softer and less brutal. It was also less strength dependent, which in large part was due to injuries Spiridonov sustained during his participation in World War I. Spiridonov was the first to begin referring to the new system with a name similar to Samba. His softer style could be used by smaller, weaker practitioners or even wounded soldiers and secret agents. Refined versions of Sambo are still used today or fused with specific Sambo applications to meet the needs of Russian commanders. In 1923, Oshepkov and Spiridonov collaborated independently with a team of other experts on a grant from the Soviet government to improve the Red Army's hand-to-hand -hand combat system. Spiridonov had envisioned integrating the most practical aspects of the world's fighting systems into one comprehensive style that could adapt to any trade. Oshepkov had observed Kan Jigoro Kano's distillation of Tenjin Shinoryu Kito Ryu and Fusen Ryu Jiu Jitsu into Judo, and he had developed the insight required to evaluate and integrate competitive techniques into a new system. Their development was supplemented by Anatoly Harawampiev and Vasiliev, who also traveled the globe to study the native fighting arts of the world. Ten years in the making, their catalog of techniques was instrumental in formulating the early framework of the art to be eventually referred later as Samba. Both Oshevkov and Spiridonov independently hoped that Soviet military hand-to-hand -hand combat techniques could be improved with an infusion of the techniques dis distilled from other foreign martial arts. Contrary to common impression, Oshevkov and Spiridonov did not actually work together on the development of their hand-to-hand -hand systems. Rather, their independent notions of hand-to-hand -hand combat merged through cross-training between students and formulating efforts by their students and military staff. There are multiple competitive sport variations of Sambo, though Sambo techniques and principles can be applied in many other combat sports. The main formats that are recognized by FIAS are the following. Sport Sambo or Sambo Wrestling is stylistically similar to all-time catch wrestling and judo and a lot of ways influenced by them, but with some differences in rules, protocol and uniform. More akin to catch wrestling and in contrast with judo, Sambo was various types of leg walks while not allowing chokeholds. It's also focused on throwing, groundwork and submissions with very few restrictions on gripping and holds. Sambo is an international style of amateur wrestling recognized by the FIWA, now United World Wrestling Congress, in 1966.
Combat Sambo was utilized and developed for the military. Combat Sambo resembles modern mixed martial arts, including the form of striking and grappling. Combat Sambo allows regular punches, kicks, elbows, knees, as well as soccer kicks, headbutts, and groin strikes, in addition to throw, holds, chokes, and walks. The chief distinction from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, apart from striking techniques, is that Combat Sambo rules and regulations do not permit a one-sided resort of ground fighting without throws or other com combative maneuvers. Said with other words, you cannot si simply sit down and continue from the ground without touching his opponent, as in BJJ. Competitors wear jacket as in sports sambo, but also hand protection and sometimes shin protection and head guards. The first fierce World Combat Sambo Championships were held in 2001. The World Combat Sambo Federation, based in Russia, also sanctions international combat sambo events. The rules of combat sambo originate from the needs of police and military practicality. Clear throws allow you to pull out your weapon and then the fight is not hand to hand anymore. Ground pins and immobilization techniques originate from the need of restricting and arresting captives or suspects. Limited ground game time forces the athletes to develop technique to fall into fast submissions finishes in order to avoid one ground rolling where your opponent in a realistic combat scenario can receive help from third person. Heavy emphasis on legworks in sambo syllables is developed because of this requirement and also because of military principle, if you break someone's leg, you take three persons out of the fight. The injured one and two to carry him. As we can see, combat sambo is designed to tackle certain tasks. The effectiveness of this martial art determined by its structure, namely by three components, boxing, sambo and adapters. Adapters of combat sambo was developed by the academician Popov. The tact of the task of adapters is to ensure the safe transition from middle distance to close, also known as clinching, as well as the consistent usage of sambo and boxing techniques. The given configuration provides the fusion of the two martial arts into a single system. Each technique was carefully dissected and considered for its merits, and it found acceptable in an armor combat, refined to reach sambo's ultimate goal. To stop an arm or an arm adversary in the least time possible. Thus, many techniques from Jiu Jitsu, Judo, and other martial systems joined with the indigenous fighting styles to form the Sambo repertoire. When the techniques were perfected, they were, they were woven into Sambo applications for personal self defense, police, crowd control, border guards, secret police, dignitary protection, psychiatric hospital staff, military, and commandos. Beach Sambo is a version of Sambo played on the beach, which recently becomes very popular and seems a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I have never competed into this variation. In 1968, FIWA accepted Sambo as the third style of international wrestling. FIA submitted an application to the International Olympic Committee, IOC, to consider Sambo for the 2020 Games and has devoted to creating a Sambo commission in the International Sports Press Association. As of 30th of November 2018, Sambo has indeed received temporary recognition by the IOC. This close relationship is re-establishing the global popularity and media emphasis on Sambo. Why do we fight? To protect home and family. To preserve balance and bring harmony. 
for our kind. The true question is, what is worth fighting for? The fight is all podcast. Okay, thank thanks uh, Saba for your time. Okay, let's let's start with your uh, with your story in the in the martial arts and the combo sports, and then we go go from there to towards towards the sambo issues. Саба, спасибо за твое время, которое ты выделил сегодня. Расскажи, пожалуйста, свою историю в боевых искусствах, в самбо, вообще, как ты попал, твоя история. Ну, традиционно самбо преподавалось практически во всех школах бывшего СССР, и я, как человек спортивный, не мог избежать этого. Поэтому я начал заниматься самбо еще, когда мне было 8 лет. Uh, as a as a former USSR citizen, I couldn't avoid doing sambo, as sambo was a part of a PE education at almost every uh, Soviet Union and Russian school. So I couldn't avoid doing sambo. Uh, therefore, I'm doing sambo since I'm almost eight years old, or maybe even earlier. Okay, and uh, you started somewhere like eight years old, and uh, how then you continue with uh, with your own training until you you get up up here to Australia and become president of Australian Sambo Federation. So like just just your own story, just. Сава, расскажи, пожалуйста, свою историю. То есть вот ты начал заниматься самбо в восемь лет, и как дальше складывался твой путь? Какова твоя история в боевых искусствах? Как ты стал президентом теперь уже Самбо Федерации в Австралии? Ну, это, конечно, долгая дорога была, но после э, того, как э, советские войска вышли из э, Чехословакии, где я занимался самбо, я оказался оказался, э, в Казахстане. В Казахстане очень популярна была ударная техника, и мне пришлось заниматься... э, Mm-hmm. That was a very long journey from like eight years old, eight year old boy doing Sambo to president of Sambo Federation in Australia. So when I was in Czech Republic, being a kid of a military dad, uh, I was um, involved in a lot of trainings as well as when our family moved to Kazakhstan, uh, the uh, Muay Thai sport was very popular back then, so I was doing Muay Thai when I lived in that country. So, uh, my, my my grandmother from from Uzbekistan, and I know how in Uzbekistan, and Kazakhstan, like a striking sport, especially kickboxing, is very popular. Uh, they have these traditional martial arts, which are very similar to uh, kickboxing and and Muay Thai. So uh, how how was the the training going in Kazakhstan? So they they really tough the guys they they, they kick hard. У них есть свой национальный спорт, который очень популярен. Собственно, как и все виды спорта с ударной техникой очень популярны были. И он говорит, то говорит, это жесткие ребята, они сильно сильно пинаются, сильно бьют ногами. Каков был твой опыт? Я должен был ехать в Китай на соревнования по тайскому боксу, представлять сборную нашего клуба и других клубов. Это было первое соревнование серьезные 
по тайскому боксу, но так как мы практиковали это все еще и на улице, я был очень в серьезном конфликте и полгода почти не занимался спортом после того, как была сломана челюсть и много было переломов. Это был серьезный конфликт. Хорошая школа, уличная. As a part of a, of a club team, I had to go, I should have gone, not, not should have gone, I, I had to go to China for the competitions as being a part of a club team. Uh, but just because we were practicing not just in a gym and the environment there was not as friendly as it could seem, but we had to practice on streets as well. Also after a serious conflict, had my I had my jaw broken and had to stay away from sports for half a year. So that's how my journey was in Muay Thai and, and like in kicking sports. So I was planning to go to China as a part of the team, but I couldn't due to the injury. So we were practicing everywhere back then. Okay, so street fighting kind kind of missed your your Muay Thai career. Okay, what happens after? То есть уличная потасовка сбилась тебя, сняла с тебя с пути тайского карьеры в тайском боксе. Она также сняла с меня карьеру проживания в Казахстане. Настолько серьезные были трудности, что я должен был поехать в Санкт-Петербург, сменить место жительства. <laughs> it also changed my lifestyle in Kazakhstan because I had to change the the place of residence. So that's when I moved to Saint Petersburg. So I moved to another city in Russia, and uh, that's how my other journey started. So it's 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 actually entirely changed my life. Well, sounds like a decent fight to me. Звучит как серьезная потасовка. Okay. Uh, it should, uh, and what happened in St. Petersburg? St. Petersburg is, is a beautiful city in Russia for whoever doesn't know. Uh, my last world championship in, in Combo Sambo was there. It's, it's a beautiful city with very strong Sambo as well. So how, how was how, what happened in St. St. Petersburg after? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened in St. Petersburg? Дальше в Санкт-Петербурге я поступил в военное училище, и учеба могла бы быть легче, если ты занимаешься э, каким-нибудь э, спортом в училище и представляешь э, команду училища. Там было... So, like, your studies and your life in military academy uh, will be easier if you're doing sports. So, if you're physically strong, and that makes your life much, much easier. So, you're my colleague. I also graduated like military school. What was your specialty in uh, in the military school? Какова твоя специализация? Севастьян тоже закончил военную школу. Какова у тебя специализация в военной школе? Инженер. Construction and building engineer. So you, so in the in the in the military school you you were you were civil engineer. So it's just like me. You you're absolute uh, absolute colleague of me. I was also like civil engineer. I graduated the civil engineer from military school. So well, apparently we happen to be colleagues not only in SAMU but by by our civil specialties as well. 
Да, как оказалось, мы коллеги, я тоже закончил военную школу, я тоже инженер, тоже гражданский инженер, поэтому мы с тобой коллеги не только по боевому самбо, но и, ну, не только по самбо, но и в своей гражданской профессии, в гражданской военной профессии, да. Окей, next, окей, next my story. Первый, в Санкт-Петербурге учился мой брат, Раньше меня, он старше, и к моему моменту приезда он уже специализировался э, в сербской борьбе реальное кидо. My elder brother was already studying in St. Petersburg when I came to, to enter military academy, and by the time I arrived, he was already busy in uh, Serbian martial art, and he was training there like it was just the beginning of this martial art. In, in Russia back then, so he was training in the Serbian martial art already. So real, real Aikido is, is not really popular, at least on the West. Uh, so it's even, uh, I would say, even uh, back in Eastern Europe, is kind of uh, not really known. Can you tell, tell me a bit about real Aikido and like uh, what is it about? What's the difference? between the you know the the star aikido that is taught like over the place so just just let's let's make a small small like uh evasion and talk about real aikido like what what, what is real aikido about что такое реальное айкидо? Не совсем, не, не очень, видимо, популярный вид в Европе. Расскажи немножко о том, что айкидо, что такое айкидо, чем отличается от uh, других видов, в чем преимущество. Good question, one second. Очень, очень многое зависит в развитии боевых искусств от э, лидера, э, человека, который э, развивает. Это связано так же, как и в карате, это есть лидеры и в боксе, и такой же сильный очень был лидер, который повлиял на меня, э, Любомир Врачарович. A lot, like in martial arts sports and, and, and in combat sports, a lot depends on the leader, on the one who's promoting and uh, developing this sport. Um, same as in karate, same in Muay So the leader of real Aikido, he influenced me. So he was a very strong person. He influenced me and my visions, my views, my attitude to life uh, a lot. So he, Lyubomir Vracharovich, he was the leader and he was the founder of really Kira in in Serbia. На самом деле информацию о нем можно прочитать. One second, sorry. На самом деле информацию о нем можно прочитать в интернете. Он один из немногих признанных мастеров. И вошел его диплом, ну как, его имя увековечено на аллее славы. Он профессор боевых искусств. Но сейчас не об этом. Дело в том, что э, первый год я не воспринимал серьезно э, это направление, потому что, как все ударники, я вел себя агрессивно и часто показывал моему брату слабость этого направления. So Lyubomir Vracharovich, the information about him can be found on the internet. So she, he is quite popular. He's a very good person and, and quite famous uh, among certain circles. But um, being from a 
striking and kicking background, I didn't quite understand the technique of real Aikido and was quite aggressive on the trainings, trying to push hard, trying to kick, trying to dominate uh, and was like giving hard times in from that point of view to my elder brother. Через через год-два занятия, когда я еще раз испытывал своего брата и его технику в спарринге, я опять столкнулся со сложными ситуациями, когда мои кости трещали. И это было непривычно для меня, поскольку я легко переношу удары, но когда с вращением, как в джиу-джитсу, кость ломается, это меня обеспокоило. Uh, in a couple of years of time, I have I had experienced a very unpleasant situation, having a sparring, having uh, having a uh, not a fight, having a training with my brother. He put me into a very difficult situation where my bones were cracking and joints were uh, squeaking, and that was very unpleasant. And at that stage, I realized that I don't really like what he's doing. But me being a strong person, me having good striking techniques and good kicking techniques, I was thinking like, oh, that's how, how is he doing that? Like, what 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 is he doing this particular that I can't resist that? What is what is this special thing which makes me feel so bad? Посетив первый семинар и познакомившись с этим человеком. Любомиром Врачаровичем, непосредственно основателем стиля, я узнал, что он тренировал телохранителей Каддафи, имеет звание полковника за подготовку Альфа и Кобра, и что весь спецназ и армия Сербии тренируются по его программе. Мне было это интересно. Uh, on the first seminar with the with the founder with Lubomir Vracharovich, I found out that he was like all the bodyguards and special forces in the Serbian army. They've been trained uh, in his techniques, and uh, he's been training bodyguards of uh, Muammar Gaddafi um, and very specialist trainings he's been providing to army in different countries. So, and that was that was very impressive back then. Я не закончил военное училище, потому что после третьего курса стало популярно ММА, и ребята, которые тренировались со мной, многие ушли в этот вид спорта, и многие мои друзья из Санкт-Петербурга ушли клуб Red Devil, если ты знаешь такой, и возглавили топовую таблицу бойцов на соревнованиях Россия против всего мира. Это были первые соревнования, по-моему, в 2000 году. I didn't finish the military academy and uh, had to, because of my 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 training mates, they switched to MMA. And I stayed in Aikido, so they 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 started one of the you you might know this club, which is Red Devil in Saint in Saint Petersburg. So yeah, one that's, of the that's the Emil Brothers Club was at that time, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, so that's that's one of the strongest clubs. So they switched to MMA, 
and uh, quite a few of my friends uh, strong fighters Сава, я немножко потеряла мысль, что там было про бойцов. Многие из военного училища ребята ушли вместе со мной и ушли в этот бизнес, возглавив топовую позицию в этом клубе. Я заканчивал уже гражданскую академию строительства, университет. И там не обошлось без сюрпризов тоже. I finished the civil engineering academy and uh, there was there were a lot of surprises there as well. Когда я пришёл в университет, я столкнулся с тем, что небольшая группа людей контролировала университет и брала деньги за экзамены, которые можно было сдавать только после того, как они эти деньги получали от э, студентов. И их боялись преподаватели и все. To pass the exam from the students, so and all the students and even the management of the university, they were kind of uh, scared to deal with them, and nobody wanted to be involved. So that was the story, which uh, I didn't like either. Это это не было для меня чем-то очень сложным. Я очень быстро со своими друзьями навел там порядок. И предложил э, спортивной кафедре выделить мне время для кафедры борьбы, оформила меня тренером, и я начал преподавать. Последние два года я был преподавателем в университете по квалификации борьбы. Mm -hmm. Conditions of studying, where you have to bribe the lecturer or teacher before you pass the exam, and um, since then I've been offered. Uh, I approached the PE education uh, section at the university, and uh, having this martial arts and combat sports background, I've been offered the position of PE lecturer and PE teacher at the university. So I started my career as a teacher at the university in Saint Petersburg. Uh, providing trainings and education to the students of that university. <clears throat> well, I know what you what you mean what you mean by solving the bribe situation, but can you take, can you clarify this for uh, for the people who are listening in Australia? Because I know what you're talking about since I'm in Eastern Europe, but I, I'm sure like most people don't really know what solving a situation like that means in in our part of the world. Ты говоришь, что вы решили вопрос с преподавателями, которые брали взятки. Но ты, ты я с Восточной Европы, поэтому я знаю, о чем ты говоришь. Но мог бы ты объяснить, что это означает для наших слушателей в Австралии? В то время была война в Чечне, и многие ребята, которые приезжали из тех республик, им нужно было 
вот как-то в Санкт-Петербурге зарабатывать деньги. И не у всех была работа, и немногие хотели работать на стройке. Тогда некоторые ребята, которые, может быть, даже не являлись чеченцами, они, может быть, были дагестанцами или еще кем-то, они выдавали себя за э, боевиков и очень криминальных, страшных людей, которые могут э, там, ну, очень жестоко расправиться с любым преподавателем. If people who listen to us, they know about that, like that's part of Russian history. So after the war in Chechnya, there were there were many young guys who came back and uh, they didn't have a job. They were unemployed. Uh, and there were certain people coming back from the war saying that, that they are from Chechnya, that's the Chechenian, but they might not even be. Uh, in the war, or they didn't even participate. So they claimed that they were, uh, they had this war background, and they don't really care um, of the consequences. So they were uh, the one uh, setting up the rules and behavioral patterns for people being at the university. Ситуация складывалась тяжелая экономическая, и многие ребята, которые приезжали из разных республик и не могли найти работу, особенно если они были студенты, то они пытались зарабатывать как могли. И вот группа э, товарищей... So back then the economical situation in Russia was not really good one. So almost everyone who was coming from another republic as a migrant to Russia, they were trying to earn their money in any way. So, back going. Продолжай. <laughs> и устроить свою коррупционную схему для получения денег. Mm -hmm. So some of the some of the students they represented themselves as as a former military soldiers from special forces being in Chechnya war <clears throat> having all this extensive experience with like fights and everything and that was enough for people to be scared and to be frightened to deal with them and um, They organized a group, they organized a team, and they kept in fear, in fear uh, probably almost the whole university and students, and nobody knew how to deal with them, how to resolve that problem. Дальше. У меня к тому моменту мои ученики уже занимали очень серьезные позиции в крупных компаниях, как телохранители и имели очень серьезный статус. Мои ученики тогда, они имели Часть из них действительно служили в Чечне, некоторые из них. 
и мне было легко очень э, решить этот, эти проблемы в институте. Some of them had real experience uh, going through war conditions and being on the war, being on the in the real life situations, being through these hardships, and it was easy for me and my team to solve that issue with so-called uh, war people, so-called fighters, or so-called Chechnya band. <laughs> so-called the university gang. University gang, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Так называемая университетская банда. Uh, next. Okay, so back to the sport thing. So yeah, after this uh, interesting case, uh, uh, so you you already uh, position us. Uh, 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 you're teaching uh, somewhere in the university. So how your personal story is going from from there in the sports? Uh. Дальше было не, не менее интересно, потому что э, я ушел испытывать себя и стал дружить с футбольными хулиганами. Часть футбольных хулиганов оказались в моем клубе в качестве студентов, и я стал больше интересоваться их жизнью. Some of football hooligans they turned out to be in my club, in my in my martial arts club, and I got involved into their life in that way, and I started to be interested in how they live, what are their interests, how they do things. Большое дело, которое нам удалось сделать, это изменить философию футбольных хулиганов. The big thing we were able to change is to change the philosophy of this football hooligans movement. С моим другом Романом Зинцовым, наверняка кто-то знает его тоже по боям в Прайде и в UFC. Мы сумели, мы сумели вывести с улиц хулиганов в спортивные залы и исключили алкоголь и там табак из их программы культурной. With my good friend Roman Zemtsov, you might hear his name from Pride Fights. So we were able to change their philosophy in the way that we brought them from streets uh, into the gym, we involved them into the sport, we made them reduce the limit of smokes and alcohol in their life, so to completely reduce it, to completely reduce it or completely quit alcohol and start having healthy, sporty life. That was the way we've changed the philosophy. Для того, чтобы ребята могли тренироваться и имели стимул, но крупные промоутерские компании не представляют площадку за хорошие деньги, в это время были организованы такие программы, как стрелка, если ты знаешь, когда да, очень дешево можно на пляже или где-то на песке 
биться и заниматься практикой, подготавливать себя по э, ну, боевым искусствам. Uh, the guys were training, were training hard, were sweating in a gym, uh, but the promotional companies, they didn't want to pay for their fights, they didn't want to give them the opportunity to fight. Uh, so that's when we've decided and we have organized uh, the fights which, which are called Strelka, it's arrows. Strelka, but it's, it's Strelka, so that's basically street fight or beach fight where um, the fighters can try their powers, they can try their techniques uh, and that was legal way of them training and practicing and advancing their skills and techniques. Yeah, I just want to intervene here to, to explain what Strelka is. Uh, Strelka is uh, a kind of low level type of uh, uh, mixed fight, mixed martial art fights. Uh, they they do them on uh, they it's they do them in Russia and uh, it's they, the guys normally they fight on sand and uh, it's it's kind of promotion but it's like world level promotion for so it's like very weird uh, uh, way of fighting because your it's you, your mobility is limited because your 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 legs are digging in sand but it's like it's very popular some some place on Russia so that was showcase it's like kind of you know World level fight promotion for uh, MMA fights on sand, which is very weird, a very Russian thing, but that's what it is. Это это была еще одна стратегическая задача решить вопрос с молодыми ребятами, которые были футбольными хулиганами, потому что если ты знаешь, что когда дерутся хулиганы и если нет никаких судей и рефери то очень большой травматизм и очень много случайных э, нехороших ситуаций может там быть. Поэтому э, мы это все уводили и делали более-менее осознанно и контролируемо, чтобы исключить случайные э, неприятности, которые очень э, для всех потом, скажем, ну, очень дорого может стоить. Да? У всех есть близкие, родственники и так далее. То есть... Having having this uh, Strelka fights organized, we were able to eliminate the risks of uh, football hooligans fights in between each other. Uh, so if you if you might know when uh, there is a fight in between the football hooligans groups, uh, they are very cruel and there are no rules, there are no judges. So bringing these fights into the Strelka Arena, we were able to eliminate these risks because everyone, you know how dangerous it could be. You know, like everybody has it's his family and uh, children, uh, wives, uh, mothers, fathers, brothers. So uh, having this Strelka fights, we were able to bring it into the different perspective, into the different philosophy. When you exercise your skills, but you do not uh, you are under control. The risks are under control, and uh, injuries are under control. So, and there are rules you have to follow. So, it bring it brought the fights, the street fights, into absolutely different controlled uh, level. And there was a, a very high level of consciousness, uh, consciousness uh, in between the fighters and the judges and referees and people involved in that. So I believe we changed the philosophy significantly. 
and the attitudes of these young guys and basically youth because they were they were boys as young as like 16 18 years old uh, getting into these street fights but with strelka they were under control and the risks were under control that's a very important achievement yeah so uh, the thing is uh, uh, people who are not familiar with soccer hooligan movements in uh, europe in general so uh, what these guys do, so there's certain fans of, uh, of certain teams and very often they organize just massive fights, uh, just group fights many to many between each other, which might turn like very bad and like might end up in in, in, in a very bad way. So yeah, definitely like uh, despite I say like Strelka is world level, I mean like world level promotion, I mean like it's not a professional promotion. It's a, it's a pretty much a promotion that everyone can fight. It's definitely a step step up from from the way they used to fight many to many in these uh, gangways and uh, yeah definitely having a referee respecting rules and fight one to one always at the end ends end up in mutual mutual respect between the ball guys so uh, more or less uh, even this wall level fighting it it educates people and it makes them better so yeah. Да, Сава Севастьян просто объяснил, кто такие футбольные хулиганы для тех, кто не знает, и объяснил их философию и что вообще происходит, что, что происходит на улицах во время боев. Окей, okay. я буду рассказывать, но на этом можно по России остановиться, и я могу сказать, как получилось, что я оказался в Австралии, и почему получилось, что uh, я возглавил федерацию самбо. I, w- I would suggest to stop on Russian history and Russian football hooligans movement. Yeah, sure, yeah. Let, let's go back to the sport, yeah. Yeah, we, we'd, we'd better return back to sports and I will tell the story how I turned out to be in Australia and how I became the president of Samba Federation. Я сам родился просто в Польше, и так получилось, что всю свою жизнь я ездил из разных стран и получал очень большой жизненный опыт из всех ситуаций. И я хотел, чтобы мои дети тоже не были привязаны к одному месту и получили образование, английский язык и так далее. И выбор пал на Австралию, хотя я был в других странах, но в Австралии никогда не был. Мы решили ехать сюда. Being Russian, I was born in Poland, and I traveled a lot during my life and changed many schools during my childhood and changed many places of residence and having kids i didn't want them to be stuck in one place i want them to travel to see the world to acquire the same experience as i did to to meet different people and to build relationships and uh, find the ways how to deal uh, with different people different cultural aspects Um, and uh, um, the choice was for australia I've never been to Australia, and that's why we probably have chosen Australia. So I did. I wanted them to learn English. I wanted them to be in a in a stable, good country, in in a respectful environment. Um, so that's that's why we've chosen Australia, and that's how we ended up being here. And you also have a lot of kids. It's it's a small small ship of Vikings that you have. Yeah. Uh... И, и оказавшись здесь, я 
сначала, ну, сразу я хотел отдать детей и там тренироваться в каком-либо зале, чтобы постоянно поддерживать себя в форме, потому что спорт – это моя философия, и борьба, скажем, на ринге или на матах, она также у меня синхронизируется с борьбой по жизни, да, ты находишься в новой стране, новое место, тебе нужно занять какую-то какую позицию здесь, чтобы не быть, скажем, ну, побежденным, мне нужно было приехать сюда без ничего и что-то сделать, кем-то стать, вот такая была философия. Угу. А с чего ты начал? С чего ты начал? С того, что? А, с того, что я приехал в Австралию тогда. Мне нужно было, вот, как и всем, без ничего, с чего-то начинать training your stamina, you're overcoming the difficulties, you're overcoming the problems, same as in real life, you're overcoming the the hardship on the training and I wanted my kids to be involved in that and like I came from Russia, I, I'm nothing in Australia and I'm no one in Australia so I need to find my place here and sport was one of the things I was doing throughout my life and I wanted to keep doing that in Australia. So I wanted to join a gym once I came. Дальше. И так получилось, что в тот год, когда я приехал в Австралию, умер мой друг и учитель Любомир Рачарович, и он умер прямо на семинаре. Он преподавал нон-стоп и всегда перемещался из страны в страну. И это, конечно, без адаптации по времени и тяжелые физические нагрузки, они дали о себе знать. И Австралия была мечта его, потому что только на этом континенте у него не было клубов. А в других странах были клубы, и он мечтал открыть здесь клуб. И я это сделал, открыв первый клуб для него. It happened so that my teacher, my mentor, my role model, the my good friend Lubomir Vracharovich, the founder of Real Aikido, he has died. He had died and he died on the workshop or straight on the seminar and uh, he was changing the countries, uh, traveling with his seminars and with his workshops uh, all around the world without any... <clears throat> without any rest and without any any stop without any break so all his life he's been training people and delivering his message uh to his students and me being his friend and being his good student and me being his maybe in, in a very good relationships with him i wanted to follow him as much as I could. And his dream was to open a club in Australia, to open a real Aikido, to start real training real Aikido in Australia. So everywhere else, there, there, there were more than 250 clubs all, all around the world. And uh, Australia was the, probably Australia and New Zealand were the last countries where 
he didn't have any representatives. So maybe in Australia, after he died, I decided that I must uh, bring his dream to life. And um, that's how I started my own club of Real Aikido. So that was the to in memory of him, uh, in memory of his style, in memory, in my respect, with my respect to him and what he did. Дальше была интересная ситуация, что в реальном айкидо нету схваток, и я посещал многие клубы, бразильское джиу-джитсу, бокс, мне всегда не хватало того компонента, того набора приемов, которые у меня были, но я их не могу использовать. Поэтому мои ученики выступали на всех соревнованиях, там джиу-джитсу, если что-то есть, и многие занимали призовые места, но я все время интересовался самбо, потому что э, в реальном айкидо нету проверки себя. Ты можешь только работать как телохранитель или ты можешь работать как секьюрити, но нету постоянных схваток, то, что предоставляет площадка самбо. Ты не можешь э, так совершенствоваться в этой области. Те приемы, которые есть в реальном айкидо, они запрещены в самбо. То есть все вращательные переломы суставов, они там запрещены. И поэтому получаются две дисциплины, которые совсем разные. Я сделал ставку на развитие самбо. Я искал здесь самбо, потому что я бы мог своих учеников э, от имени Австралии или клуба, тогда я еще думал от имени клуба, выставлять на соревнования и подготавливать, и растить. Uh, real Aikido is a great martial art, but the but I found one problem with it. You there there are no competitions. There is a grading way, but there is no competition, so you can't test yourself against others how good or bad you are. So that was the problem I saw in uh, in uh, Real Aikido. Um, to to evaluate myself and my students, I was participating in different BJJ and Muay Thai and uh, grappling competitions, same as my student did. Uh, st my students did so, and in that way, we were able to uh, self-estimate and self-evaluate against others' performances. Um, but I was always interested in Sambo, and I was always looking on the side of assembler knowing that it's absolutely different technique it's uh, like twists and um, um, joint. Joint. joint works joint works is prohibited technique in assembler so you can't do it but there is a very important and very um, interesting component which is competitions which is uh, actual bout actual fight where you can uh, test yourself. So, Sambo was always at the back of my mind, even doing Real Aikido. So, that's how it happened. So, Real Aikido and Sambo, they were going side by side in my mind and in my gym, uh, even if I was practicing Aikido. So, uh, Sambo and especially Combat Sambo are probably one of the m most, how to say, liberated rules uh, as a, in between combo sports, I, I don't think there is another sport who has more more freedom into rules than combat sambo. So 
I guess uh, uh, what what you what you told me about the railway queue that's very uh, how to say uh, pra practical style or system which is oriented towards you know practical application in military or like uh, security situations that's very similar to the to the history of Sambo and uh, let's go over the the history of Sambo now and then to tell like uh, Sambo like uh, like uh, with the background of your lifestyle Sambo has very very tough beginning uh, started from uh, because of the uh, the necessary of hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat style for the for the military and, and services back back in in the years in Russia. So it's very practical. Even the rules in sports, some now like they uh, uh, they follow the military requirements to finish uh, the fight fast. There is limited time on the ground because it is considered uh, in the military situation. If you are running too much on the ground, some will come to shoot or stab you. So like. Uh, in difference with BJJ, uh, in 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 sambo sambo matches, we have limited time, you know, to apply a joint walk to the ground, which forces another strategy. You have to point pre fall pretty much into into a joint and have to apply straight after your throw, which creates very interesting uh, system of fight. So let's go over uh, a bit into uh, to let people know about uh, the history of sambo. Сама, расскажи, пожалуйста, немножко об истории самбо, как, как появилась. То есть Севастьян уже сделал небольшое вступление по тому, как самбо зародилась из необходимости эм, как я, ручной, я, ручной я бой. Расскажу, ты, ты я, расскажу, я расскажу, может быть, э, информацию интереснее про новейшую историю самбо. The newest history of Sambo, not just the history, because history can be found on the on the internet, on the Wikipedia, and you pretty much yeah, summarized yeah. all of it. So I would be I would better go into the newest history of Sambo. Я скажу свое видение и почему я сейчас горю этим Sambo, почему оно прям ну мне очень близко. I will tell my vision and I will explain why I'm so passionate about Sambo, why I want to promote it as much as I can. Uh, Soviet Union was a very conservative country and it could possibly happen so that you uh, will get into jail for doing sports which were not allowed in this state. Очень хорошие мастера готовили своих учеников и не придавали этой технике популяризацию. То есть до там, скажем, перестройки и 90-е годы в большинстве случаев мастера высокого очень класса, они продолжали оставаться в тени. Um, so that, that that's why very high level masters they've been they 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 still train their students they still um, exercised and they still practice their techniques like at a very high level but they couldn't popular popularize it they couldn't promote it just because of uh, this regulations and uh, that's just during the perestroika time in like 1991 <clears throat> when 
this knowledge came out of shade and uh, that's when people like in public they got the opportunity to get what that knowledge да правильно в 90 года эта информация появилась so that's uh, that's basically some secret military knowledge which were hidden from the people for a very long period of time and just after 1990s it came out to like public attention that yes, there are uh, such and yeah. such knowledge the story is that uh, uh, martial arts was practically illegal not practically they was legally illegal in in russia and also and also like not only russia the whole uh, uh, the whole eastern bloc uh, let's say that that was the same in bulgaria and i assume that was the same in, in the other countries in the eastern bloc so uh, the martial arts was practically only accessible for people who was in the army, in, in the police. So there was a lot of... Yep. Uh, the thing is, in in, the, in our part of the world, like, uh, especially wrestling and, and martial arts are, are, are part of tradition. They're just like uh, age-long tradition. So, like, be, for them being banned, what happened is uh, many of those masters of these uh, national fighting styles, they just have to go and to, and to teach their, their art in... Uh, practically illegally because uh, there was not a lot to, to practice by police so because of that you know like uh, everyone was whoever was practicing was practicing was actually practicing you know in small groups by themselves so but there was no real communication because everyone was afraid to be like uh, called practicing illegal thing from the from the government yeah that that's that's correct Sebastian yes так как эта техника была в большинстве случаев для армии и полиции спецподразделений, то в ней не было много лишней техники, которая была малоэффективна, потому что э, времени на э, изучение неэффективной техники у людей в армии нету, И из-за этого э, в самбо систематизировано э, максимально эффективная техника и самое главное целые институты в россии э, спортивные институты есть такие вот марина тоже заканчивала они работали для того чтобы изучать и подготавливать фундамент для изучения самбо то есть это э, серьезная работа по физиологии э, связанная со здоровьем э, и анатомии и прочее прочее то есть под самбо подведена очень серьезная база именно поэтому Севастьян, ну, может быть, ты поможешь мне, потому что так очень много здесь информации. Это я так очень подкован, очень подкован по истории. I'll help Marina in, in translating this. Uh, so, uh, what what happened is, uh, but uh, during that time, like despite the uh, the bad thing that uh, practically martial arts was not a uh, war to the public. The military, which are very practical in their goals, uh, they, they need the martial art or a combat system, which is practical for pretty much for application on on streets. I mean, on streets, I mean, by uh, by work of the police and also in combat situation that uh, uh, in, in the army. So they didn't have time for necessary tradition and uh, useless techniques. They, they, they work in very practically because they have certain goals they need to achieve. So that's how uh, Sambo actually, by being uh, only accessible for the military, he had a very strong boost as development because there was a lot of scientists involved, people who are like uh, into Sambo know that in Russia, uh, Sambo is 
is a subject in university. There are a lot of uh, uh, a lot of academic people who actually work in developing Sambul in in all aspects, methodology, uh, physiology, and also like teaching methods. So uh, Sambul is a very practical system which is uh, scientifically based and then developed. Uh, for for very practical use, so that that's the base of of Samoa's as knowledge and as a systematic approach. И следующим важным моментом в Самбо является о котором новейшая история, о котором следует сказать. Что следующее, Марина? So the next the next very important step in the newest history of Samoa will be, what we need to mention is. Это то, что спортсмены смогли выехать, старые тренера, люди, которые консервативные, которые создавали это самбо в России, они в какой-то момент упустили ребят, которые выехали за границу, такие как Федор Емельяненко, Тахтаров, то есть и бойцы стали применять свою технику на коммерческих площадках завоевывая топовые позиции и показывая эффективность этого стиля. This that the moment when the teachers, the mentors of Samba in in Russia, they let their students go into the promotional field and like to move overseas or to start using Samba techniques in ты имел в виду ММА и прайд и вот эти все бои, да? In professional promotions, yes, that's that's when Sambo had had another step in its development when when it started to be implemented by in professional in professional bouts in professional fights by such people like Taktarov or Fyodor Emelianenko. So Fyodor Emelianenko these days he's in. That's 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 what I'm saying. Like that's that's what not did Savas said. That's I just want to add. He's a officially and the ambassador of Sambo um, in the world, representing Sambo style, and he proclaims Sambo to be his uh, main sport. Uh, even he was fighting in MMA. Well, yeah, I I met uh, I met Fedor like on uh, on my last world championship. He was fighting heavyweight. Like uh, actually, then it happened like my teammate Bogoyevano uh, beat him, uh, and then he went to UFC. But uh, yeah, I met him there, and uh, actually Fedor is now also a president of Russian MMA Federation. So he's working both for Sambo and now in the mixed yep. martial arts. So yeah. Uh... Дальше случилась интересная ситуация. Амбициозные молодые ребята, это не только Федор Емельяненко, это и Олейников, и много-много еще, кто имел базу самбо, они стали получать известность и популярность в других странах. So that's not just Емельяненко, there are a lot of other good names and another good guys who... Used samba as a base. Used samba as a basic technique in their sport. And 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 what? Дальше что? Стали получать популярность во всем мире, потому что MMA становится очень зрелищным, популярным. Много людей их знают. 
so yeah they became very popular all over the world because like mma uh became it's a, bec was becoming more and more popular and uh, more and more spectacular fights were brought to life и руководство прежнее сделало очень очень правильный выбор была сформирована федерация самбо российская где остались какие-то люди традиционные которые изначально занимались самбо и сформирована международная федерация самбо я думаю лучшим ну, составом административным то есть молодые все амбициозные ребята которые хотят и верят в развитие и имеют и финансовую поддержку и ну то есть это 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 их мечта и это реализация их планов им дали это делать Uh, federation where they have old coaches and they are very strict i would say in following the rules and international samba federation is a bunch of proactive young passionate uh, people who got the opportunity to promote their sport and to promote like with a very good management uh were were very on with a very high administrative resource Uh, and they are able and they are passionate of promoting samba into the world arena and uh, they will i'm sure they will they will make it so that's a very good well, point in, in, in addition to that we, we talk uh, sorry sorry Marine. uh yep. in sorry. addition to that like uh, we we talk about a lot about russia with with samba but uh, a few people know that uh, actually sambo wrestling is recognized as the third third world wrestling style after freestyle greco-roman wrestling that happened in 1968 by by national amateur athletic union in usa so uh, you have the the olympic styles of wrestling which is like freestyle and greco-roman wrestling and some with the third world style of wrestling which is recognized and now is on part of olympic recognition as a sport да, Сава, перевести тебе или ты понял, что Сиасин сказал, что самбо третье в списке признанных, признанных видов борьбы. Это первое фристайл, вторая греко-римская борьба, и на третьем месте самбо были признаны в Америке в 1968, да? Сейчас мы как раз подходим к тому моменту, как я возглавил федерацию самбо это все связано с тем что сказал севастьян марина севастьян so we're coming to the moment how uh, all this is connected with uh, how Sava ended by being uh, president of the federation in australia uh, Мои друзья, так как я искал здесь самбо долго, мои друзья знали меня хорошо. И когда на Голкост сложилась интересная ситуация, когда комитет Олимпийских игр 
был на Голкосте и подписывал важные документы на фестивале Sport Accord. So what happened is uh, there was a sport conference in uh, in Gold Coast, Australia, and uh, there was uh, a, a very high sport official who was signing important documents uh, regarding the whole world sports in in, in that that number also of Sambo. Мы хотели предоставить на этом фестивале наглядно, что такое Sambo, и тогда я со своими друзьями организовал дисплей, то есть программу для э, высоких лиц, там показал, что такое самбо, и это, это вошло в программу Sport Accord, и был подписан договор, конечно, не из-за нас <laughs> только, но мы наглядно демонстрировали самбо, и там был подписан голкост, на голкосте договор о том, что самбо вошло кандидатом в Олимпийские игры. Uh, on, on this sport accord festival, uh, Sambo demonstrated uh, Sambo technique and uh, uh, of course that's, that's uh, together with the, with the work of the Sambo FIES, which is the World Federation of Sambo. Uh, Sambo entered like uh, on uh, uh, three years preliminary path of recognition from the Olympic Committee as Olympic sport. Там же я лично познакомился с президентом Международной Федерации Самбо и рассказал ему о проблемах, связанных с развитием Самбо в Австралии, и получил его устную поддержку. Он не знал, что мы здесь вообще самбисты есть, и он не видел реальных дел, но после этой встречи мы стали просто... Ну, правильно правильно uh, сотрудничать on this event Sabo uh, met the president of world sambo federation who was uh, who actually didn't know before that uh, there are uh, sambo people here in australia and uh, that's how they uh, Sabo and uh, the president of the world sambo federation they start working together for developing of uh, of sambo sport in australia мы подготовили для представления Австралии пару человек для участия в ближайших соревнованиях, чтобы показать, что федерация есть, и даже показали на этих соревнованиях в Южной Корее на чемпионате мира лучший результат по баллам за весь период участия австралийцев в чемпионатах по самбо. So after this, uh, uh, the Samo Federation in Australia prepared a couple of athletes and uh, they participated in, uh, uh, you say it's uh, in, uh, on championship in South Korea and, uh, and uh, uh, with this participation they, they, sh they show great result which is actually the better for somewhere in Australia. Just, just a little note here. There was a previous attempt of establishing Sambo in Australia, but was never organized and never connected with the World Federation. Uh, I know that I have friends who was involved in that, but uh, uh, since, since Sambo is dealing with that, and uh, me, me including, that for the first time when uh, uh, the, the whole Sambo now is actually uh, connected to the World Federation, we're working together uh, in order to establish Sambo the sport as part of the official World Federation uh, which is the governing body of Sambo in the world.
особо хочется отметить, что наш спортсмен из Австралии выиграл оригинального бразильца с черным поясом по бразильскому джиу-джитсу. Было интересно. Сава Сейсис, он справа с одним из атлетов, который решил выиграть с бразильским блэкбелт, который, как многие ребята в Австралии, где Самбо очень молодой, это очень хороший достижение. Мы правы. Последний год очень большими достижениями было, что в противовес UFC создана профессиональная лига боев без правил по самбо. То есть по боевому самбо создана профессиональная лига, и она будет финансироваться и развиваться. In response to the popularity of the UFC in the West, it was created a professional combat sambo league. Uh, which uh, uh, which is a promotion that uh, the, the fights are under the rules of combat sambo, and it it becomes very popular on, on the on the east. Для нас, для Австралии очень важно, что федерация готова помогать в обучении профессиональных бойцов и отправлять нам на континент, потому что мы находимся далеко, у нас очень большие проблемы с конкуренцией, мы здесь э, оторваны от мира, и очень большой плюс, что федерация может отправлять сюда лучших бойцов для предоставления семинаров и обучающих программ э, для ребят, интересующихся самого в Австралии. Uh, there is a high interest for, from fighters who are coming from here to participate in these these promotions there. Uh, first of all, because it's interesting, and second, there is like a big uh, opportunity for development of the athletes. Я со своей стороны рекомендую всем, кто интересуется боевыми искусствами, обратить особое внимание на самбо, потому что это на сегодняшний момент молодой, амбициозный и довольно-таки сильный вид спорта. Сава рекомендует Uh, Sava, I want uh, now now to switch uh, the the thing from from Sambo to uh, to Sambo histories and stuff to what actually we are doing here for for Sambo and uh, what's what's coming up for for Sambo in Australia from from uh, from the National Federation and I also want to mention something we are preparing here on on Queensland as well. основная идея федерации Sambo это координация э, разных клубов и ассоциаций, которые будут созданы э, руками энтузиастов, такие как ты э, в Куинсленде, такие как э, там, другие ребята, представляющие друг, другие штаты. Э, войдут, эти, эти представители войдут в совет 
федерации и будут совместно координировать развитие самбо в Австралии, готовиться к Олимпийским играм, готовить сборную к Олимпийским играм. Это важный момент. On current stage, uh, uh, the Sambo Federation in Australia is establishing a network of and structure of team associations uh, in order you know, to, to create a structure for preparation and uh, uh, preparation of athletes for, for the upcoming uh, inclusion of uh, Sambo in the, in the Olympic Games. И э, хорошая новость, что я думаю, что на следующий э, чемпионат мира мы привезем не только э, ребят из Австралии, но уже и Новая Зеландия э, тоже привезет своих э, ребят на чемпионат мира по самбо, потому что Новая Зеландия сейчас регистрирует федерацию, уже взят зал, и они уже начали подготовку, есть два тренера по самбо. Uh, it's also good news that not only Australia and New Zealand also registered their federation in Sambo and uh, uh, they started also to, to prepare for the World Championships. Uh, how, uh, how people who are interested and teams who are interested in Sambo can, can get in touch with the, with the federation and you and uh, include uh, Sambo in their uh, in their classes and uh, how they can receive more information about Sambo here in Australia. I'll give you contacts if you want. Я думаю, что на сегодняшний момент веб-сайт это ну, лучшая информационная площадка, хотя он еще немножко не закончен. Uh, не закончена анкета мемберов uh, регистрации, потому что до до конца следующего года мы должны внести всех потенциальных участников подготовки национальной сборной для Олимпиады. И все желающие э, быть в составе большой семьи самбо должны зарегистрироваться на сайте, чтобы у нас была полная информация, кто ты, рефери, коч или атлет. In Australia, I'm going to post all this link in the description of the episode, uh, where all athletes, coaches, and referees uh, have to register in order you know, to uh, enter into the uh, structure of the federation and to be recognized from the World Federation as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if if you want to say uh, your contacts, your social networks, how people can find you in. Uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, and uh, all, the, all the social networks you use so they can receive more federation, uh, more information about some federation in Australia, how they can follow like uh, the events, uh, seminars, and uh, all those stuff. I think Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Uh, this, I'll, I'll post all, all links in, in the description so uh, people who are listening to this can, can go to the description of the episode, they can click on all links I'm going to post. Also, I want to say I that yeah. uh, here in Queensland, uh, what, what we were organizing now with, uh, with the Summer Federation, we're going to organize uh, and announce uh, very soon uh, uh, a series of seminars uh, uh, which are going to show some uh, 
Sambo and also combat Sambo technique and also we we're gonna we're gonna explain the rules of, of the sport of Sambo so uh, that's gonna be, be available for for any team or, or club who is interested that's gonna be with me and with another high level athlete let's say uh, who has been doing Sambo he says also a very good instructor uh, this can be found on uh, Sambo Queensland page in Instagram and Facebook uh, well, we were we were announcing this soon, and uh, also like uh, you'll be able to book a seminar in your team or, or your or your gym for for someone. I hope that's going to be very interesting and uh, it's going to be very fun and you know, to participate. Anything else you want to add, Sava? Важная информация. Как только мы определимся с периодом lockdown, когда будут открыты границы. Сейчас мы делаем подготовку для больших международных семинаров по классу рефери и э, тренеров с аттестацией. Э, приедут специалисты от Международной Федерации Самбо, которые будут проводить э, эти самые курсы, которые будут длиться почти неделю. Но уровень этой подготовки будет очень-очень высокий. Поэтому всем... Э, Тренерам различных клубов боевых искусств, кто заинтересован, нужно следить за информацией и быть готовым к тому, что предполагаемый семинар пройдет в Куинсленд, скорее всего, на Голпост. Сама makes an important announcement that in the moment we we got free from the from the current restrictions for traveling. The Samu Federation in Australia is organizing a big uh, uh, seminar and uh, certification for uh, referees and coaches uh, here in Gold Coast, Australia, in, in Queensland. Uh, that's going to be a very high-level uh, seminar and workshop, uh, which is going to include technique, uh, uh, system of preparation, methodology, so that is going to be a very interesting uh, event for anyone who is interested in combat sports, in all combat sports, and not, not only Sambo as well. Yeah. So that's all going to be announced on, uh, on all of those uh, social networks like uh, Sambo Western Australia, Sambo Federation in Australia, and Sambo Queensland. So for the social networks, you know, to, for, for those events. Anything you want to add, Sava, because we be before we uh, finish this one up? No. Thank you very much for your time. It was fun talking with you. Thank you. Uh, ho hope uh, to see you live soon. And uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah. And yeah, uh, thanks to Maria for translation. She disappeared again. Uh, Thank you for support. Yeah, this is a good idea. Thank you for listening to the Faisal podcast. Subscribe in your podcast app to receive the next episode. Stay strong and stay safe. This episode is brought to you by Tambourine Spring World. Visit tambourinesprings.com.au or call 0434-952-449 to order your water today. Tambourine Spring Water is a local business situated on Mount Tambourine. Their water is bottled at the source of their 163 meter deep privately owned spring. And Tambourine Springs, it's a matter of minutes from when the water is extracted from the ground to go into the bottle.
they do not add any chemicals whatsoever to the drinking water it only goes through filters to remove sand and sediments that come with the water when you purchase your water from tambourine springs water you know you receive the best spring water southeast Queensland has to offer from a local family on a mission to provide the best service and quality water companies are often blamed with a good reason for polluting the environment with plastic bottles this is also not the case with tambourine spring water your water is delivered to your door in 15 or 20 liter bottles and your used bottles are collected disinfected and refilled again so zero plastic waste goes to the environment me my family and my team are also using tambourine spring water once you drink real spring water for a while you cannot drink anymore from the sink or any commercial waters from the supermarket because they stink and had have bad taste ridiculously enough in australia you can mix 50 percent of the water with tap water and label and sell it as spring water this is not the case with tambourine spring water i personally know the family who owns it and have been numerous times in their small factory to see my water being bottled straight from the spring after filtration process find out more at tambourinesprings.com.au or call 0434-952-449 to order your water today